This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here on Business Radio, and we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM Channel 111. Hey, if you are tuning in on Thursday, noon Eastern, we're live. Take your calls, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA for Executives program here in sunny Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. And we are here with Matt and Dion, who are steering the show and taking your calls all hour, because today is Open Call Thursday, which means any question you have about the job search, your career, promotions, maybe you have a tip or something that's been bugging you and you've wanted to call the show and ask, today is your day, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And to help us with that, we welcome back a crowd favorite, Abby Kohut, aka Absolutely Abby. She's going to be on Career Talk all hour long to help with our Open Call Thursday. Abby is formerly a senior director of recruiting, and in 2009, she shifted her focus to concentrate on helping candidates land their dream jobs. Determined to educate 1 million job seekers in 2012, Abby launched a 35-state cross-country RV speaking tour. If you want to learn more about that tour, you can find it at abbyacrossamerica.com. Welcome back to the show, Abby. Thank you so much for having me. So we love having you here, and, and I don't know if everybody knows this, but um, the way we found out, we learned about you, is one of our regular listeners, um, Allison in Atlanta, recommended you. She has followed you and um, seen you speak, and she called us, and she's like, you know, you really need to have Abby on Career Talk, which we have, and it's been great, and you've been back several times. But the point I wanted to make about that is we really appreciate that feedback from listeners. So if, you know, and a lot of our recent shows, Abby, have been due to listener suggestions. So we recently had a show on spectrum disorders in the workplace. We've had a number of military specials, gender differences in the job search, and and more. So hey, if you're listening and you have an idea for a show, or maybe you just enjoy a topic and you want to hear more of it, we would love to hear from you, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866, or you can tweet at Dr. Don Graham. And Abby, you were telling me you have a a special gift for listeners today. Do you want to share that with them? I do. Well, it's a cover letter template, and it's actually the cover letter that I've used to get my jobs over the years. And I want everyone to have it, and it's real easy to get. You just send an email to xm at absolutelyabby.com. And Abby is A-B-B-Y. There's no E. So XM at absolutelyabby.com. And so this cover letter template is for when you're applying to jobs. So it- Yes. And can I say something about that? Because I have been doing some recruiting in the past couple of months for a pharmaceutical company. Mm-hmm. And I have placed ads on LinkedIn. That's a great place for recruiters to do that these days. And when I get 100 resumes, I get one cover letter. 
So I'm asking everybody out there to really consider sending cover letters because it will make you stand out in the crowd. And you're hearing that from a a current recruiter and somebody who's done this for a number of years and is now helping job seekers. And I will say the same exact thing. I know there's been stats out there that have somewhat discouraged people from writing cover letters. So I've seen that only 17% are read. But here's the deal. If your resume is is well done, your cover letter is going to get read. Now, if the resume is totally off the mark or, or something like that, yeah, maybe your cover letter won't be read. But this is how, when we're hiring, we find a little bit more about you and why you're, you're motivated to work in our company or work in this job particularly. And what's your perception, Abby, if they don't have a cover letter? It just, to me, it says that they don't really care enough. They don't mm-hmm. really want the job. They didn't take the time to go through that exercise. Mm-hmm. And it's just, if somebody does send it, it's such a huge difference maker. So, yeah. I agree. My my first thought when there's not a cover letter is that people are papering the internet with right. their resume, just exactly. trying to kind of like, you know, throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks, and yeah. that you don't really care about my job or my company. Exactly. And so, please, get my cover letter template. It's easy. It's going to make it easy for you. XM at absolutelyabby.com. Easy, easy. And I, I'm assuming that, that um, the template is something that helps you put it together, but it's really yeah. important to customize, because yeah. that's but, the other thing. If I get a cover right. letter that does not relate to my job or my company. Again, it's like you're throwing spaghetti at the wall. Yes. And I actually had a group of HR professionals in a room. There's about 50 of them. And I said to them, how many of you get cover letters? And they said they get 10% of cover, 10% of the people send cover letters. And I think it's way less than that. But what they did say is if they get a cover letter and it doesn't have their company's name in the first paragraph, they're not going to continue to read it. So my template has all the things that they told me in that meeting. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, if you're listening, we'd like to hear. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Are you in recruiting? Are you somebody who papers the internet and doesn't send cover letters? And has that helped or hurt you? 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. So we're coming up on Thanksgiving, which is a lot of people's favorite holiday. So, of course, I had to find some some fun facts about Thanksgiving. Um, but, but Well, first I'll start. 79% of Americans like leftovers more than the actual meal. What do you think, Abby? Are you among those 79%? That's funny. Um, no, I, okay. I, I, no, I would say I like the actual meal. Okay, yeah. Dion. Dion. I'm actual meal. Your actual I'm meal. I'm actual meal. I'm not a leftover I'm not, guy. I'm not big on a turkey sandwich like the, the, the next day. <laughs> no? No, I, I mean, went in hot. Like right right, right off the bird. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, that's fair. Uh, so interestingly... <laughs> and and I find this to be related. The average time cooking Thanksgiving dinner, seven hours, seven uh-huh. hours. Now I don't cook, but I've I've seen it done, and I see. I think it does take that long. Um, the average time eating it is sixteen minutes. <laughs> Return on investment. Yeah, is terrible. what is that? Well, so I'm glad both of you are saying you like the actual meal because then you 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 trade that in for like nearly 80 percent of people like the leftovers more. You spend seven hours for 16 minutes of. of this joy. is why I don't cook. Yeah, me either. That's yeah. exactly why. Yeah. That, there's no other reason. Really, than no that. other reason. No, you know. It's, <laughs> so <laughs> the other thing I thought was really interesting is the Butterball Turkey Talk Line answers about 100,000 calls each season. Um, 
And last year, the company, they have a cooking crisis management team, which if I did start cooking, I'd probably need that every day, not just around Thanksgiving. But um, And they introduced a 24-hour text message line. So apparently, um, during these seven hours, there's a lot of crisis. Now, Dion, I know you cook. Yes. You do. So, so which you don't need this crisis line, right? Yeah, because I'm not cooking Thanksgiving. That's that. There's there's cooking, and then there's like Thanksgiving cooking. I'm not at that level. Okay, okay. So there's like you know dinner yeah, for I can, two. I can cook on like a t- on 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 like Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but not Thursdays. No, no, Thursday. no, not no cooking. Thursday cooking. And <laughs> no seven hour marathon so, cooking. So boiling water is what you're saying. I'm all about boiling water. Yeah. Put, <laughs> 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 put some salt in it, you know. We really are supposed to put salt in it? I think so. <laughs> if, if you're making pasta, it's supposed to make the pasta taste better or something. I uh, read that somewhere. All right, see? You know, we're learning all I've sorts of things. I've read that, too. Things. No need to call the crisis hotline. Call Dion, 844-WARTON, 844-942-7866. We're going to go to Jack in Philadelphia. Jack, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Yeah, thank you. Interesting discussion about the uh, the cover letter. I, I recently took a job in June, and then I also hired someone just recently uh, later this summer. And I, I, you know, I think what a cover letter truly does in today's fast-paced environment with LinkedIn and how quickly everything's moving is it tests your commitment on how serious you are about applying for that job or making a good, clean run at becoming an employee of a certain company. And I I found myself even, you know, on LinkedIn just posting a resume, and then some of these companies, the bigger ones, would ask for a cover letter. And I thought, my goodness, I'm going to have to spend an hour, hour and a half of my time writing a cover letter. I don't really have that time. And it it kind of told me, like, well, you know what, maybe you're not really serious about this job or Mm -hmm. or, or you don't know enough about the job to be serious. And maybe you have some more homework to do before you just blindly send a resume and and leave it up to hope or chance. Um, so conversely, when I hired someone, um, I probably saw over 100 resumes. I think I saw one cover letter. I don't remember. Wow. I saw a couple extra things. Same job as Abby. So that was, <laughs> Pretty yeah, much. That was interesting. I mean, we are becoming immune to the cover letter. I remember coming out of school with like cover letter, cover letter, cover letter. But it's dying. But it, you're right. It's probably a good thing to understand how serious you are and, and it's another chance to sell yourself Let, let's be let's be clear i mean that's that's really what it is at the end of the day yeah, I agree, Jack. And here's the deal. Maybe they won't read it, but you don't want to be the person that doesn't send it when the hire is reading the cover letters because it really sends a very loud message and exactly what you said. And I think we find that too, Abby, that a lot of people do look on LinkedIn and they apply to 20, 25 jobs where maybe they're qualified for three or four of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and companies can see this in your application. So you're in essence feeling very productive that, hey, I threw out 25 resumes. But the reality is your return on investment is going to be incredibly low. So Jack, you were talking about spending an hour on a cover letter. And I think this is where Abby's tool is going to be really helpful because, and this is what I coach our our executives at Wharton to do as well, is create a template. And presumably you have a very strong target. So, you know, you're not going to be applying for an engineering job and and a marketing job and something so diversely different that you'd have to customize every one. But I do think it's important to Put the company name in there, as Abby said, and and look at what their top 
two to three most important requirements are and speak to those very briefly in the cover letter so that it's customized. Yeah, and I say to speak to them in bullets. Yes, I like the bullet idea. Bullets, because nobody likes to read paragraphs these days, and it's pretty much because of texting. People are reading in short verses and... Mm -hmm. And so paragraphs are kind of passe. So bullets, that's what my template has in it. Yeah, bullets are very inviting. Now that, that Twitter allows you to have mm -hmm. two, four, 240 characters, I can't even read Twitter anymore. I'm like, no, that's way too many, or 280 <laughs> or whatever it is. Now right. I'm like, that's too many. That's too many. Jack, thank you so much for um, giving us a real-world perspective on this uh, cover letter topic. We really appreciate you calling Career Talk. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you can reach us at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don. Graham. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. We are here with Abby Kohut, aka Absolutely Abby, and we are talking about anything you want related to the job search and career. Keisha in California, welcome to the show. What's on your mind today, Keisha? Good morning. Um, my question is, what suggestions do you have for someone who has a full-time job but seeking a side gig freelance writing? Ooh, so um, Keisha, is your question specifically around how to to do kind of a stealth search, or is your question just about where do you find some of these gig type opportunities? All of the above. All of the above. Like, all I, the above. I want to know where to start, how to get in, all that kind of stuff. And what what types of um, material do you write, Keisha? Um, so I'm a psychologist and interested in issues, motherhood, family and um, productivity and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And do you blog right now? I'm about to start. So yeah, I, I for me personally, I think blogging is a great way to start because anytime you approach somebody to be paid, they're always going to want to see previous work. And so, mm -hmm. you know, just putting information out there for free and getting a followership is going to be a great place to start. Abby? Yeah, I would agree. That's how I got started is I started writing articles on my website and it, it created the following that I needed. Also, there's a website called Upwork dot com up as in up and down and work as in I go to work upwork dot com and you will be able to find freelance writing gigs there and it's a great site so yeah upwork dot com great site and the other thing is is if you you know you're a psychologist and you're targeting certain publications or magazines or newspapers you know look pick the ones you want and start to look at you know what you know how long are their articles you know do they do they really write short brief pithy articles or are they you know more editorials and do they have interviews do they tend to like you know people who interview others and that's what they write so kind of take a look at what their structure is their length how they approach the the different topics and then that way you can start writing in that manner so you're you're writing in a way that those magazines would be interested in Keisha, it's funny that you called in because one of the other side projects that I'm working on is I'm writing books for job seekers. So I have many job seekers that are working on their books and I'm hiring freelance writers to help me. So you should send me an email and it's akohut at absolutelyabby.com, A-K-O-H-U-T. Maybe we can hire you. Wouldn't that be fun? 
That's awesome. Yeah. Things are happening right here on the show. Keisha, thank you so much for calling. And Abby, wow, we're making connections right here. Hey, we could do that for you, too. Give us a call at 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. I'm putting Abby on the spot. She's giving you cover letters. She's, she's giving you freelance <laughs> jobs in, in writing. What else do you need? Abby has it. 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk. We're taking your calls all hour if it's Thursday noon eastern we are live and it is open call thursday so in light of you know the the thanksgiving holidays i thought abby you and i could talk about ungrateful actions that can really hurt your chances of being hired and we've been talking about cover letters which is the front end of the process so i want to talk a little bit about thank you notes uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. i have a lot to say about all right that. well go for it All right. So I am doing recruiting right now, and we are looking for certain positions. And one one of our hiring managers said to me, I didn't get a thank you letter from this person. What does that mean? And this hiring manager is not from the United States. So I told him that in the United States, people don't all send thank you letters, even though we know that makes the most sense. You guys have to send a thank you letter. The so, hiring managers want to see that you're interested in the job. It kind of goes back what Jack was talking about when he yeah. called in about, you know, the investment and it shows that you're invested. Now, a lot of people ask, does it have to be a letter? Should it be a handwritten card? Can it be an email? And what's appropriate? Yeah, I think you could do either one as long as you do it fast. Do not wait a week to send a thank you letter. It's mm-hmm. got to go out right after the interview. So mm-hmm. if it's an email, it should go within a couple of hours If it's mail, same thing. It has to go out that day because it's going to take two days to get there through snail mail. Yeah, and I'm when I hire, I'm not particular about the the way it's sent to me. And as a matter of fact, if you work in a really large organization or like myself in academia, sometimes snail mail can take days and days to get to you because it has to go through the central mail department and then you know filter down to you, which is actually like three weeks later. So <laughs> so thinking about that and thinking about where you're sending it and, and does it have to go through that process. So I'm completely fine with an email. Um, no matter how you choose to send it, I think what's really important to me is, again, that it's personalized. Yes. And, you know, a simple sentence about something we talked about in the yes. interview is all it takes is to say, you know, I really um, enjoyed hearing about that project. Something very yes. specific. And if, if you interview with three people that day, it's got to be three separate, specific, mm-hmm. customized thank you letters. Mm-hmm. So get their email or their business card. I mean, it's something you should do anyways. Ask for a business card. Um, once you have that information, and I'm going to say, like, I'm I'm probably partial to emails for one they're fast two you make sure it gets to the person and doesn't get caught up in the mail system but three depending on how quickly they're looking to hire you probably want that thank you to get to them before they make a decision so right. so i'm fine with the email um but make it personalized. And, and one of the things you can do in the interview is is make a note when you're talking to somebody and be thinking about this, like, oh, this is going to be a good thing to kind of jot down in my yep. in my email um, so that you remember it. Or if you can't do that, because Abby, last time you were here, you were telling me about how the they notes, steal your right? notes. That's true. Which blows my mind. <laughs> blows my Tell that story. That's yeah, a good one. so I always tell people you should ask permission if you want to take notes, but not if you're going to take like one note. It's if you're the kind of person that's going to come with a whole page of notes. You should ask if that's okay. And some recruiters are going to say no. Most are going to say yes. 
But they might say no if they're going to tell you proprietary things or something like that. One guy said to me, one recruiter said, I would say no because I don't. I want your eye contact the whole time. Mm-hmm. I don't want you looking down. So anyway, one person told me that somebody said, yes, you can take notes. And then the company decided to confiscate the notes after the interview. <laughs> that blows my mind. That's, I've never seen that, but knowing that story and it sticks in and my it's head. two companies. Two companies <laughs> so, did so it. So this is happening. So be be careful about what you write. You know, don't write, right. um, you know, man with funny hair. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, be careful. This interviewer is ugly. Don't yeah, say don't, that. Don't, don't, yeah, just, you just never know. But if you can't take notes for whatever reason, as soon as you leave the interview, whether you're on the train, on the way home, or stop at a Starbucks or something, just... Write notes while they're fresh. Write it on your hand in the interview. (laughs) Something. They can't take your hand. No, they can't take your hand. No. (laughs) Yet. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. Curtis, New York, welcome to the show. How can we help you today? Well, I I stumbled on you ladies driving. I'm driving from Atlanta to New York to do a a charity dinner. I'm a chef. Awesome. uh, My my hey, hey, Curtis! Can you stop off here first? Yeah, we, we, we don't, we don't, we don't cook here, so <laughs> I would, I would love to. I mean, I would really love to. I am. I just pulled over because I'm, I'm so taken by your show. And I mean, a quick background about myself. And then, because I, I, I heard you give the young woman the, um, I've written cookbooks. I've, you know, blah blah. Right. <laughs> I've had a great career. But my, wait, wait, however, Curtis, I, I think like, you're being humble because, because Matt just well, sent me an email that you cooked for presidents. Well, well, we, yeah, we can tell that story later. But I, I'm, sure <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm truly switching gears. My youngest son graduated from college this year. He's gonna, he's a three-time national champion in lacrosse, going for his fourth. Oldest son is an accomplished musician on the West Coast. I, I have had a great career as a chef and cook and blah blah, as I said. And now I'm, I'm, I, I want to just change my, my. I, it's a great life, but I'm ready for something new, right? Last week I did my first night on stage as a stand-up comedian. Awesome. Didn't kill, but didn't bomb. So I'm <laughs> about that. And, and, and I, I, your show is just, i got to listen to you guys every day now. Okay, so what do I do? I mean, I, I've got a master's in education. I'm, I love yoga. I, I love writing. Um, you know, uh, how does an, I'm 58, right? So I'm, I'm too old for this world nowadays i'm too young curtis curtis i'm listening i'm i'm listening yes i'm listening curtis well first off we we podcast our show so you can you can go back and listen to the the hundred that you might have missed um (laughs) dr dawn on careers on itunes but um but yeah You have such great energy. Like, I, I mean, Abby's here handing out jobs. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like she probably has five for you. But I, I mean, okay, so you have a, a degree in education. You love yoga. Um, you're, you're chef for presidents, which tells me you're. I mean, you're. Pro- are you cooking Thanksgiving dinner? Like, yes. My, yeah. My, like I said, my son graduates this year, so, and you know we split time between San Francisco and Atlanta. So I'm having him a graduation party at Thanksgiving for the Georgia family because when he goes back into California in May, you know the, the the folks from Georgia won't be able to get out there. So yeah, I'm cooking a huge Thanksgiving dinner about three turkeys and about. Wait, and, yeah. and did you say you're doing that in Atlanta or New York? 
Uh, I'm going to do that in Atlanta. I'm going. Okay, booking my ticket now. Yeah, we're coming over, Curtis. We're coming. I I don't eat turkey. I'm a vegetarian, so I'll just eat the sides. It's all good. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. I I was a vegetarian for 24 years, so as a chef. Wow. As a chef. Yeah. Anyway, help me. What do I do, ladies? (laughs) I really want. I, I, you know, I want to give back, and I also still want to feel be fulfilled. I mean, I love writing. I love speaking. I'm listen with a couple of speakers bureaus and the work hasn't been coming in because I lost my hair right I'm bald so they don't want us old dudes oh my god when we pass you know all right pass, Curtis magic number I'm Curtis um, number one you're not too old because you're eight years older than me and I am so young Curtis so you cannot possibly be too old second of all um, do you cook healthy meals like gluten-free and such well, here, here's my true philosophy. When it comes to cooking, a good chef or a good cook, as Julia Child, I mean, I'm, I'm a cook. I mean, I only, I'm only a chef when I'm running the kitchen. A good cook can cook for anyone. So if you, have, if you have dietary restrictions, let me know as the chef, and I can fix food. I can prepare food that you can eat. Okay. And any chef that says he or she can't do that, they should take their culinary certification away from them. Okay, so here's what here's what you should be doing, okay? Here's an idea. There are people out there that have gluten issues and they find it very and they don't cook and they would like you to come and deliver meals to their house. And there are some people that do this, but there's not enough people that do this all over the country. So that is a business you could start. And also, have you written a book yet? Um yeah, five. You have. Yeah, I'm going to... Awesome. I'm, and you're is, humble, Curtis. I'm just going to say, like... <laughs> you've cooked for presidents. You're you've written five su- books. Super humble. But I was thinking teaching, Abby. Oh, yeah, of course. Because of course. I feel like... I, okay, you ready? You made the comment about, like, some of the chefs can't cook for different dietary restrictions and stuff like that. And so we need more of those people. So instead of, like, you know... I mean, I feel like you should teach. You have a gift. You're engaging you're interesting and you know a lot of people who have a great skill can't teach and a lot of people who can teach don't have a great skill you sound like you've got both you've got the energy and like i don't cook i'm not even sure i want to cook but if you had a class i think i would come to it like i would come to it and i just like i could see you getting a huge following whether you know you decide to do it locally or you decide to take it on the road like abby took it on the road or decide to do youtube like I feel like you've got so many avenues open to you, and I hope when you choose one, and you whether it's opening a school or, or putting videos online or starting your website, um, I would like to come to that class. So I hope you call us back on Career Talk and tell us where to find that. Definitely. Abby and I will get in her RV, and we will RV down there. That's true. We, we love Atlanta. And we will come hungry. Curtis, thank you so much for calling this show. You're awesome. <laughs> I'm so excited to hear what you do in the future. And congratulations to, to your family, too. It sounds like you guys are um, – a bunch of uh, achievers, and that's awesome. Curtis, you go. 844-Wharton, 844-942-7866. We are doing our uh, holiday show, and we have some holiday fun facts. But before we do that, we're going to go to Mary in Detroit. Mary, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Hi. I'm. Um, thank you. That's a hard phone call to follow, but I'll try with Curtis. Uh- <laughs> do you cook? Do you cook, Mary? Do you cook? You don't cook for presidents, Mary? I, I don't. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't cook even for myself. So, so 
So hard act to follow, but I'll try. Um, I'm in printing sales now. I've been in for about um, 30 years. Great career, but I'm looking. I'm burned out. Looking to change to print production or management. Um, my resume is all about sales. I did have some management experience, um, probably before I started the sales experience. I'm just wondering how do I um, go about. I know I've sent my resume out, and I know. You know, when you build looking for keywords and there's not management or production experience there, um, how do I go about, you know, letting people know that that's what I'm trying to do? Mm-hmm. So you're looking to stay in the same industry and switch functions. Right. Um, yeah. So one of the things we talk about a lot in this show is is networking. And if you're in a switch, some kind of a career switch, it's it's kind of um, a necessity versus a, a nice to have because okay. people will, will constantly try and see you in your old brand. So your contacts will see you in your old brand and they'll want to continue to pull you into that. So I think a couple of things. One, yes, you need to update your resume and certainly your LinkedIn to pull all of those transferable skills and put them up top front and center and make them more aspirational than um, historical. So a lot of people make that mistake is they, they kind of here's all the great things I've done, but they don't speak to the new audience. So that might mean, Mary, that you have to take off some things that are, you know, maybe great projects, but just really veer you off in the wrong direction. And that's hard to do. Or you may have to look at some projects and say, you know, what I highlighted here isn't what my new audience wants to see. So I'm going to highlight a different part of that project. And keep in mind that on LinkedIn and your resume, I mean, experience is experience. So even if your most relevant experiences have been something you've done four or five years ago and not in your current job, that's fine. You can bring them up front and center in the profile or on the summary section of the LinkedIn. And then you really need to start branding yourself with your network and with others as the the person you are moving towards as opposed to the person you've been. Yeah, and I was going to say one thing that might be a good strategy is to get a job in a new company where you think that there's another way to get to what you want to do. So I wonder if you can't do that right now in your current company, but if you can't, maybe you can find another job in another company in sales but with the idea that you can progress into this other area. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, so kind of switching first yeah. and then progressing into the area. So, um, Mary, what is your most transferable skill do you think that your new employer would really want to see? Um, I do have production experience. So the way I've been trying to explain it is that with the sales that I have, I still produce the product. You know, I follow it through from start to finish. So that's kind of the way I've been wording it when I talk to people. Yeah. And results are important. People want results. Companies want results. A lot of times they don't even necessarily care how you do it as long as it's legal and ethical. But if you can produce results for our company, chances are you're going to be able to produce results for for another company or a different function. And I think that's something you're going to really want to hone in on, that you're a results-oriented person, that you're agile. So anything you have that shows that you're um, agile, quick learner, um, kind of a resourceful person, a get-it-done kind of person. I mean, everybody wants to hire that that person who's self-sufficient and can figure it out. Mary, thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. We love our listeners giving us a call because this is a show all about you guys. So today is Open Call Thursday. We're here with Absolutely Abby. 
Abby Kohut, who is the author of 101 Job Search Secrets. And we're taking your calls all hour at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You can also follow on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. Or for weekly advice delivered right to your inbox, you can go to Dawn on Careers. So we are going to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? Okay, the first Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade didn't feature any balloons. When the parade debuted in 1924, it hit something that might even be cooler than balloons. What is it? Do you think you know? When the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade was first featured in 1924, it did not feature those big balloons that are so popular. It featured something else. What is it? If you think you know, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. John Graham. We'll be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Graham. Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Sirius XM Channel 111. We are powered by... The Wharton School Business Radio. Um, we are here with Absolutely Abby, who Fast Company Magazine rated as one of the top 100 influential people online. So where can people find you, Abby? Well, you should definitely send an email to xm at absolutelyabby.com to get my free cover letter template. And there's another really cool thing in there, so you got to get that. Ooh, it's a secret. It's a secret cool thing for serious listeners, so that's all of you. I don't even know what it is. Nope, nope, it's a secret. But, um, yeah, you can also find me at absolutelyabby.com. Or you can get her book, 101 Job Search Secrets. You love your secrets, don't you, Abby? I love secrets. <laughs> I tell secrets all day long. It's fun. All right. Hey, Josiah in Oregon, welcome to Career Talk. How can how can uh, we help you today? Or what secrets do you want to share with Abby? She loves secrets. <laughs> Ladies, good morning. Thanks so much for taking my call. Good morning. Um, Abby, actually, one of the main reasons why I'm calling is because actually last fall of you Oh, Josiah, you're cutting up a little. Do you think you can, can maybe pull over and we can we can uh, come back to you in just a minute? So hang on. We're going to come back to you and we're going to go to Don in Chicago. Don, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. So I am. I lead a group, um, a fairly large group, and, and we're in a very specified area. So we're in regulatory affairs and pharmaceuticals. And we have a couple of entry-level positions that are opening up, and I'm having a really hard time convincing my um, managers to kind of go out of the box a little bit, um, get somebody who has um, some of the development skills that we might need without any experience. Okay, so you're trying to hire somebody, and the higher-ups are kind of putting the... No, it's the lower down. The lower down. That really want to, mm. yeah, they, they want to get, um, they want to hire people that have like you know two to three to five years of experience in our specific area and I don't really see the need for that um, they're worried that they're not going to have the capacity to train those people whereas I'm looking for some more diversification and you know some new ideas about how to do things and I'm curious to see how we can you know promote that idea that we can um, build this 
build uh, expertise mm-hmm. if there's some core skills there. Yeah, so I guess my first thought is when hiring, one of the things that, that you know we notice having been in recruiting, Abby and I, is that the job descriptions are not really well thought out um, in terms of what you need. Like hiring managers love to th- slap things on there like <laughs> bachelor's degree required, but nobody really, like why? Like why is a bachelor's degree required? Or, you know, if things that just sound good or maybe make the, the pool a little bit smaller, but they really haven't thought through. So, I mean, I think step one is maybe sitting down with your colleagues and, and saying, okay, let's let's really assess what we need this person to do. And a good way to do that is look at how people are being evaluated. So when you have your annual review or performance reviews or however your company does it, what's on that that hiring job requirement list should align with that. And you know, if if having two to three years of experience doesn't align with that, then, you know, why do you need it on the job? But maybe there are some specific things that that person's going to need to accomplish, and those need to be on the job description. Yeah, I just want to put it out there to the world that a lot of the job seekers I see around the country are being told that they're overqualified and because they have 25 years of experience and the company wants someone with three. And I just want to put it out there that people that have 25 years of experience are really wonderful candidates because they come with great motivation. They want to do the job. They're not going to take coffee breaks every 10 minutes. And they're very motivated to do the job, even though they are a little bit overqualified. So I really wish that everybody would consider them. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, for job seekers out there, when you're looking at job descriptions, a lot of people, there's two actually schools of thought, I think. Um, women won't apply to a job unless they're maybe more than 50% qualified. Men will, will apply to the job if they're, um, what, like 10% qualified? I don't know what yeah, the, the, the types is. of resumes, <laughs> The types of resumes that I get are just the funniest. Like, people just slap resumes out there that have absolutely nothing to do with the job, nothing to do with the industry. But in so, all fairness, we know that job descriptions aren't necessarily descriptive in terms yeah, of no, what you're true. actually be doing. So, so Don, if you had to narrow down what this person or people you're hiring are going to be rated on into like two or three really important things that they need to produce, what would those be? Um, they need to produce uh, documents. Um, they have a high attention to detail and they need to be able to manage um, those documents throughout uh, throughout a life cycle. They need to be able to communicate well and work as a support person to some of the more senior staff. So you're right. I think our job description is. Or I think our um, our job description is what we're posting, and not necessarily um, what those what those deliverables are. So that might be a good way to. And actually, that might be part of the discussion with my managers. Um, to help them get to that point as well. So. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good question to pose because, again, two to three years of experience or eight to ten years of experience or whatever, those, those are types of things you throw on a job description because you think, well, if you have ten years experience, you're going to be good at it. It doesn't mean you're going to be good at it. No. You could have ten years of crappy experience. <laughs> like, the <laughs> fact is, it doesn't matter in some cases. It, what matters is you've produced results and that you can come to our culture and our organization and produce those same results, whether you have zero or ten years of experience. So, Don, good luck with that. Thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. Hey, we're taking your calls all hour. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. We're here with Abby Kohut, and it is Open Call Thursday. Joe in New York, welcome to the show. It's on your mind today, Joe. Hey, how are you guys? We're great. How are you? 
Good, good. Um, so my question is, is really more uh, about, um, I guess, trying to find out what it is that, that you'd really like to do as a career. So I'm 34 now, and, and since college I've had three very different careers. Uh, right out of school I was in like a sales and management position, and then after that I did uh, commercial real estate for a little while as a broker. Um, then I, I, I went to law school, and I'm actually a practicing lawyer right now. Um, and, uh, however, though, I'm, I'm leaving my, my firm at the end of the month. Uh, I plan to take a little bit of time off, um, and really just kind of figure out what it is, you know, that I'd like to do for the rest of my career. And I wanted to see if you guys had any advice on trying to figure out what it is that you really like. Yep. So Joe, you said you're 34, so I'm going to, I'm going to venture you're going to work for another 30 plus years, um. And I'm going to also say that you don't need to figure out what you're going to do for the rest of your life because 20 years from now, 10 years from now, there's going to be jobs available that don't even exist right now and right now today in this time and this place. And I think a lot of people put pressure on themselves to say, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? What do you know? And the better question is to ask, you know, what do I enjoy right now? Where where in the marketplace is there something that I'm interested in and I can apply my skills to and and grow my skills? So one thing you might think about, so you've got law, you've got sales, you've got real estate, is you might say collectively, what is the thread between these three. So where have I built an expertise? And of course, there are things that that come through all three of them. The other thing you might want to ask yourself, are, where are my gaps? What have I not done? So maybe I haven't managed people. Maybe I haven't done an expat assignment overseas. Maybe I haven't managed P&L or whatever those things are. And then kind of look at those gaps and say, out of those gaps, what do I want to do next? Um, and, and the other thing I would say is continue to build your network because your network is always going to bring you ideas and information that you may not have thought of. And a lot of people, interestingly, find their next career idea from talking to people at networking events or or even holiday parties or reunions or things like that. We're like, wow, I didn't even know that job existed. That's cool. Tell me more about that. Yeah, one of the ways, one of the tools that I've used to help people figure out what they want to do is the Myers-Briggs. It's a very well-known tool out there, and it's helped me in my career figure out what's right for me. So I ended up in recruiting, but that's not by accident. It's because I, I definitely use the Myers-Briggs to figure that out. So it's a really, really good tool. You may want to try that. Yeah, self-reflection is something we often don't take time to do anymore because even, I, it's funny because I'm in an elevator, and I remember before smartphones, I actually just used to stand in an elevator. Like, Dion, do you remember just standing in an elevator? I still do. Oh, so Dion does not use his phone in the elevator. Okay, cool. But like now, <laughs> now it's like we can't we can't take five seconds to like not do something. So self reflection becomes something that goes out the window. So I think one of the things you can do is look at your different careers, and it's awesome that you've done different things because you have a wealth of experience now to choose from, and say what projects really. Like inspired me or got my energy going and, and what is the common theme between those so for example maybe you really like working against a deadline like that's your thing or maybe you really like projects where you have to coordinate a lot of balls in the air or that maybe you like being the hub where you're the center of information and everybody has to come through you but find those things and then say okay where can I apply these next and one of our um 
One of our former guests on the show, Carrie Spaulding, had has a great tip too. She's like, what's that one part of your job? Maybe it's only 5% that really energizes you. See if you can take that and grow it. Um, so so there's a lot of different ways to get to that. But I think as, as Abby was talking about with the Myers-Briggs and we're talking about now, it's, it's really that self-reflection, taking time, whether you journal or you're an Excel guy or however you like to do it, but really getting deep into the where's that energy. And it's not about staying in your head and analysis paralysis, but it's about feeling it. And um, Armenia Ibera is a a career person. I think she's over at London Business School now, but she's got a great process. You might want to read um, either her book or some of her articles because her thing, and I think we preach this a lot here as well, Joe, is clarity comes through action. So you, sometimes you just have to try something and see if it works and see what you like. And maybe it doesn't, but then you know you can kind of cross that off your list. So Joe, thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. We wish you all the best. And if you have a question, today is open call Thursday. And if it's noon Eastern time, we're live, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We're here with Abby Cohut, and we're going to answer our pre-break quiz. All right. The first Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade didn't feature balloons. When the parade debuted in 1924, it had something that some might consider even cooler. Dion. All right. <laughs> I'm going to say a blimp. A blimp. Yeah. A blimp. It's cooler than a float. It's cooler. It's kind of. It's, it's the 20s. They had, yeah. you know, blimps and stuff in the 20s, right? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm struggling here. I know. Okay. Let me, like, let me give you a hint. It did not float. Oof. It did not float. I don't know if that's helpful. Um... No. no, no, didn't. So, so, um, so we have Matt in for Michelle today, and uh, Matt, you've not experienced our pre-break quiz, but I did give you a little heads up that we're going to call on you. So, um, I was going to say floats, but is that is that different than balloons? I don't know. It is different. Floats are different. Those are on the ground, um, but that's not the answer. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Good guess, though. Um, welcome to Career Talk, where we we quiz you and and, give, and buzz you when and you're buzz wrong. you and give you hard <laughs> questions. Um, Abby, do you have a guess? Yeah, I would say uh, horseback riding people. Horseback riding people, people <laughs> on horses. Yeah, horses. Yeah, actually, you're the closest. You're the closest. Do I get points for that? Um, I know. Mm. Oh, nope. Dion no, like it. Dion <laughs> like it. He's like, nope. That that's not it. So when the parade first made its debut in 1924. It didn't have balloons, but what it did have is they would take the animals out of Central Park Zoo and oh, parade them down. I was very close. I said you were close. Do you didn't like you buzzed me? Well, she made it seem like you were wrong, wrong. No, I think she was kind of wrong. I mean, I don't know. Do they have horses in the zoo? Like, I think so. Do I don't they? know. Well, in the I zoo know. I would have, yes. Well, in Abbey <laughs> Zoo there are horses, but but it wasn't until three years later that. Um, a German-American illustrator, Tony Starg, who worked for Good Housekeeping, and he had a passion for puppetry, created the famous balloons as they are today. So there you go. There I, you go. I don't know if that's cooler, but... Uh, <laughs> that's so uh, in preparation, this is kind of funny while we're on the topic. Actually, this is not sort of the Thanksgiving topic, but I was reading about some etiquette Um I read too much sometimes, I think, but I was reading about the etiquette, and since we're all going to be sitting around, you know, maybe a holiday table coming up over the next few weeks, 
I thought this was some interesting etiquette. If you're being toasted at a dinner, should you drink or not drink if you're being toasted, Dion? I'm drinking. Well, that. <laughs> you don't waste alcohol. <laughs> etiquette would say, is? I know, well, etiquette would say you shouldn't drink, but instead you should return the toast with a thank you toast. Now, I, okay, that, then, then everybody's toasting and nobody's drinking. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I know. I don't get it. <laughs> I'm against it. No, nobody's toasting me, so I have not had to, to do this one yet. But, okay, okay, if you bring Tupperware to, like, somebody gives you Tupperware and you're taking home leftovers, when you return it, in what shape should you return it? Washed. Clean. Washed. Yeah, but there's something else. Yes, definitely clean. Something else? Yeah, something else. Gift wrapped? <laughs> Here's your with, old with crappy Tupperware. <laughs> but it's a gift, so it's Should fun you now. put other food in it? Yes. Ah, so you see, should put I cookies or casserole. But see, here's the thing. Like, if I lince my Tupperware, just clean it. Clean it and give it back to me. I don't want anything in it, right? I don't know. These Last one. Abby's a much better person than we are. Yeah, I know. Abby's... <laughs> I should have brought you some Tupperware. I didn't say I would do it. I just, <laughs> I just said that's what etiquette would say. I meant to bring you cookies in this, but I didn't. <laughs> so if someone asks for the salt, what do you pass them? I know the salt <laughs> <laughs> and the pepper. Yes, Ooh, because the salt really I'm doing good person. today. <laughs> the salt and pepper should never be separated. They're always passed together. But what if they don't want pepper? I know. <laughs> they clearly I know. Ask for the salt. I'm telling you. When I was reading this, I was like, maybe I'm the only. Maybe I'm just rude because I. Yeah, I'm rude with you. We're all rude. Even though I know the answers, I'm definitely rude. <laughs> well, it's worse, yeah. Abby, that you know the answers and you, I know. Just, you decide not, not to totally. do it. Like, at least it Dion is, and I can go with it. We worse. didn't know. It is worse. But you're like, I know, I and I'm still not doing it. <laughs> hey, we'll have a happy Thanksgiving. 844 Wharton, 844-942-7866. So since it's Thanksgiving, we're talking about some ungrateful actions that can really hurt your chances of being hired. Um, and so one of the things is is going into the interview unprepared. Now, mm. as somebody who's interviewed a lot of people, Abby, um, how easy or hard is it to tell if somebody's not prepared and they're winging it? Well, first of all, can you please bring a resume with you? Please. Just please bring a resume with you. Even though I have it, please bring a resume. A lot of people would say they don't have printers nowadays. Get a printer and <laughs> print a resume or go to go to FedEx, Kinko's, Kinko's, FedEx, whatever. Print a resume. Bring it with you. Maybe more than one. Maybe three. At least three. Yes. So, and please do the research. And, you know, people ask me, is it okay for me to look up the interviewers on LinkedIn? Mm -hmm. And I always say, why would they be on LinkedIn if they didn't want you to look at them? A lot of people, like, and I totally agree with you, Abby, but a lot of people say, oh, I don't want them to know I'm looking at them. It's stalking. It is not stalking. No, it's research. <laughs> and I will say, I look, when I interview people, I look to see if they've done their LinkedIn homework. Mm-hmm. So, so it's noticed. Okay, so, yeah. so we're noticing these things. So what mm -hmm. about in the interview? I mean, I think a lot of people, especially if you're charismatic and you're you know, quick on your feet, wing it. Yeah, you really need to practice interview questions. You really need to do that. Because the interview questions are all over the internet. There's no excuse not to know the top 12 interview questions. There's just no excuse. Mm -hmm. So you've got to figure out what they are, and you got to memorize your answers, but you have to look less rehearsed. We've had people come in, and we've been told, we, we call them used car salesmen, because they sound like 
They just sound like somebody that's trying to get over on something. So, yeah, you can't be over rehearsed. You can't look like you you've memorized everything. But yeah, well, you should memorize things. The goal of the interview is to build a relationship. Yeah. So this means if you get an interview, they've liked you enough that you're going to get called in. They're going to give you some time that you you give them some time. And now it's about can I work with you for forty hours, fifty hours a week? Exactly. And so if you come across as very rehearsed or canned, you're not building that relationship. Mm-hmm. That being said, if you go unprepared and you haven't thought about it and you haven't researched the person. And you haven't researched the company. Now you're wasting their time because it shows you're not looking at this as very important. Right. I agree. You definitely have to be prepared. And and wear the right clothes, too. That's the other thing. The right clothes. What are the right clothes? Yeah. Well, I if I was in a big city like New York, Chicago, places like that, I would be wearing a suit. A woman can wear pants, a pantsuit, men, suit, tie. You know, I would definitely wear those. But I have a little secret. I know your secret. I know you this know my one. secret. I know, but you can share it with everyone else. All right. <laughs> so wear a swatch of the company's logo color somewhere on your body that they can see, so that <laughs> you say that I was like, should I get a tattoo? Well, because if should... <laughs> it's on your underwear, that doesn't count. <laughs> so, so I'm saying like uh, like a blouse or a tie or earrings or a scarf or something. Because what it does is it subliminally tells them that you're already part of their team. So that is what to wear. All right. So wear a swatch of the company's color. All right. Yeah. Bob in St. Louis, we have like 20 seconds. So really quick question. Hey, Bob. My question is, do blogs, are they beginning to replace internships as evidence that somebody's got a track record? Interesting. So do do blogs replace internships? So here's what I'd say. If you're making an industry switch, blogs are a great way to start showing your your expertise in an area and your interest in an area and your passion in an area. Because when you're making a switch, the new employer wants to know you're demonstrating a commitment. So I think a blog can do that. It can also help brand you online. But I will say that there's probably no substitute for direct experience, whether it's paid or unpaid. Yeah. That doesn't matter. But, but experience is going to help you so if you are looking to make a switch blogs a great way to start Uh, also find ways even if it's volunteer to get that experience and that's fine put it on your resume put it on your linkedin bob thank you so much for giving us a call on career talk and abby as always the time goes so fast and it does (laughs) can you share one more time really quickly how people can get your your free cover letter and your secret that you haven't shared with us yeah (laughs) yes it's xm at absolutely abby.com and abby is a B-B-Y. And yes, free cover letter template and a really cool deal in that email. And somebody's going to have to share with me what that secret is. Well, you can email it and you'll see. <laughs> I, I will. Um, <laughs> Abby, thank you so much for coming in studio today. It's always great to see you. Um, Dion and Matt, awesome job trying to get that pre-break quiz. It was a hard one. I didn't know it. But thank you so much for making the show run smoothly. And for everybody who called in We love hearing from you. Advice, tips, questions. That's what we're here for every Thursday. Career Talk is all about you. So, hey, if you want more great advice delivered right to your inbox, dawnoncareers.com, or you can follow me on Twitter, Dr. Dawn Graham. In the meantime, I hope everyone has a happy and safe Thanksgiving, and we will see you next time. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.